0: Reading the the news yesterday and today, and um, looking at the these photos of the marches that are going on. I forget what they called them, the March for Life or something like that. And um, you know, of course, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of of kids, of students, with signs, which is super compelling. No matter what you think about what they're saying, and. Um, And I I felt like it's important that the church hears the voice of these people. You know, I was teaching in Acts 17 in my New Testament survey class, and I was pointing out the way that Paul preaches at Mars Hill. And uh, he's surrounded by these pagans and surrounded by idolatry. And Paul stands up, and what he doesn't say at that point is, you guys are terrible, disgusting pagans. He, he looks at them and he, he honors them. He says, I, I see that you're very religious. And he, he builds bridges all throughout his, his sermon there because he, they're not where he wants them to be, but he knows that he wants to go with them to where he wants them to be. And no matter what you think about their proposed solutions to problems, um, these people are crying out for peace in, in their schools. And that is a good and godly desire. And Jesus says to his people, blessed are the peacemakers. And that's us. That is, that is meant to be us. Um, I'm not here to talk in front of you about what, how the Second Amendment is applied in legislation. I have no idea. If I did, you know, I'd have a different job. Um, but I, I do know this. When the world is crying out for a good and godly desire, the church has a responsibility to step into that space and to be a representative of the kingdom of God. And I also know that our proposed response cannot be the response that the world would produce without the genius of Jesus. So the response cannot just be, you know, what we actually need is more guns, or if we just melt all the guns down, they'll be fine. We can't take the hymn sheet of of the NRA or another political party and just read that and say, this will fix the problem, and now the church is doing its job. Because we are citizens of the kingdom of God. So any solution that we propose to the world has to be stamped with the genius of Jesus. And I don't know how exactly that works out. I I, I wish I could be more concrete for you, but can I just give you a, a couple examples? You know, a lot of people will say that in addition to a weapons problem, a violence problem, we have a mental health problem in this country. Well, how often does the church look at itself and say, how well do we care for people with mental health issues? Or are we a part of actually stigmatizing people and saying, actually, if you just believe better and try harder and buck up, then you'll just be better. That, that's not a biblical answer, and nor is it offering peace to people who desperately need peace. So we have some things to look at for ourselves, and, you know and my, my second example is I was looking kind of watching in on on a on pastors talking about questions of church security and they're asking there was kind of like a poll, is your solution to like make sure somebody is armed in your congregation or, or not. And you know, there's this congregation, there's this conversation among pastors from all over the country and you know, some of them are like yeah, we're making sure somebody's packing in church um, and others are like you know, we're going to hire a police officer uh, to make sure somebody's out there. And I was really struck in that moment. Um, I, of course the care for the innocent and the, the those unable to defend themselves, that is a good and godly thing. But I was struck how few of us were talking about, do we train our people to lay down their lives? Like how many of our people, how many of us, am I being informed to instinctively surrender my life? Not... not not even thinking necessarily about stopping the person who's doing it, but do I instinctively go to lay down my life for for my wife and my kids and other people's family members? And then kind of the, the point was pressed even deeper to me. Are we forming people? Am I being formed in such a way that if somebody who wanted to do violence appeared in our midst, would I want to lay my life down for them? Are we forming a people that would want to throw themselves on top of somebody so that this whole thing didn't end with them getting shot and killed? And I don't know how that works out pragmatically, right? I don't know how... how, That's a crazy scenario that I hope to never be in. But Scripture is very clear that that God dies for His enemies. And He forms people that look that way too. That is a way of thinking and talking about the problem that the world is not going to propose. And that has ramifications outside of the hypothetical scenario of a crazy, violent mess. Am I willing to sacrifice my life Day by day for the outsider, for the angry one, for the isolated one? I don't know. I don't know. But these are the kinds of questions that we need to be addressing our culture with. And so when you see hundreds of thousands of people led by children, at least partially, I hope our response as a church Individually and corporately is to say what they want is good. How do we participate in bringing peace to these kids and to our world at large? Now, this is Palm Sunday. We are celebrating the royal Jesus. And Jesus rides into the world as the Prince of Peace Riding on a colt, on a donkey, and not a stallion. That should mark us and should mark how we address something like this in our world. So I, I want to pray. Um, I want to pray for us here this morning, of course, as we prepare to hear the Word of God. And I want to pray for these people who, maybe you were involved in the march. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I want to pray for our schools. Look, I mean, we are in a school. We're gonna pray for our schools and for our kids that they would be marked by the peace of God, and that the church would be present there uh, as agents of that kingdom. So, would you pray? Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? We pray for your peace. We pray that the peace of God would come into the world. And we know that 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 peace will not fully come until Your feet stand on the earth again. But God, we pray that we would be working that some hint, some reflection of that peace would break into the world even now. We pray, God, for all of the many, 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 many families who have been affected by violence in our culture, specifically families who have lost kids in school violence, and families whose children have witnessed it, even if they have survived it. We pray, Lord Jesus, that your peace would come to them. And, God, we pray that you would form us as a people to be active peacemakers in the world, not as defined by the world. Nobody's agenda defining the peace of God, but only King Jesus. Help us to be wise and creative and just in our communities. God, we do ask that you would form us as a people to love and care for the weak and the defenseless, to be ready and willing to lay down our lives for our enemies. And God, we pray for all of those in authority who, who do not wield the sword in vain, as, as Paul said. For all of those who, who are in positions of governing authority, God, we pray that you would act. Help them to act justly and wisely. Give them wisdom that most of us do not have. God, we pray in this morning that our hearts would be tender before your word. That you would cut us open here. You would expose our hearts. God, we pray that you would shape us and form us by the power of your word so that we might grow even Today, more into the image of your son. Amen.